Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are rolling right along on Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. But before we get into that, uh, if we, are, if you are listening to this in 2019, it is a very special day for us. It's our anniversary. Aww. Six, it is. 16 years of wedded bliss. And, and I... Got a new book. Oh, you did get a new book today. What is that book that you happen to have there? Uh, it's Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. It happens to be the book that we're reading. Mm, interesting. But it is a special edition. What's special about it? Um, well, it's blue and black and pretty gold print. It's the Ravenclaw edition. Ooh, the 20th anniversary edition. Mm-hmm. They came out with these for the... See, I always get confused because the... I guess the 20th anniversary was technically... Wasn't it technically 2017? Because the book came out in 97, the first one. The first one. But they celebrated it in 2018. Probably something weird about it came out in the UK. I don't know. And then it came out here. We'll have an intern look it up. I don't know. But now they're coming out with these different editions. They're, of course, doing the illustrated editions, too. Mm -hmm. They're not all out yet. I think they're on, like, book four. The regular books with the new covers. Right. And then the house editions. Mm -hmm. The Brian Selznick, I think, is the, the does the new cover art. Yeah, that, I met him. And then they've got the house editions. So they got like Slytherin, Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, and Ravenclaw editions. Yes. But it this has. one just came out. This one literally, I just got it. I pre-ordered it like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And it just came in like last week, like end of June. Makes sense. So it, it literally just hit the show. So it's probably going to be a while before the next book is out in the different editions, too. But now you have all three of them in the Ravenclaw edition. Yes, the first three. And the, I think the kind of interesting thing about these Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, Slytherin editions is that they are the UK versions of the of the books. So, for example, the first one that I got you was actually... Philosopher's Stone. Yes. Rather, the Ravenclaw edition, rather than like Sorcerer's Stone Ravenclaw edition. So, we talk about on the show some of the differences in grammar and and diction that they use between. And there wasn't a lot. You thought you spotted one in this chapter, but it turned out to be the same as in the edition I was reading. But I think I think it's kind of interesting that you'll be back on a UK edition now for the rest of this book, so we can maybe spot some of those differences that we haven't been because you've been reading the u.s version yeah well i think two plus you know the first book they were like oh no we gotta americanize this we can't we can't sell this in america but i think now they know what a jumper is now that we're like on to the third book they're like you know what they understand that this takes place in england we need to have it be have the flavor so they i think they're leaving a lot more in yeah, if it's going to take place in England, we need to use British terminology. Terminology, and you know, otherwise it's, you know, like uh, dubbing over a, a kung fu movie or something. <laughs> it's just not the same. 
when you have a you know an American you know guy from California, you know voicing over a Chinese actor, or a Japanese actor, or Vietnamese actor, or whatever, just kind of takes something away from it. Yeah. You know, just put throw the subtitles up there. So I think because like, like the one I pointed out to you. And you were like, yeah, no, it's in mine too. And I didn't know what that was supposed to mean. I think that's part of it. It's part of the experience at this point. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first movie was called Hercules in New York. And uh, they didn't let him talk. They they voiced over his his voice because he has the very thick accent. accent. Yeah. Austrian, I think. I think he's from Austria. And it was just some... Just some guy, some regular guy voicing over Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, that's not what he sounds like. That or had he's to be a awful. really good actor. That yeah, it was, had to be awful. Yeah, it was awful. And then he made Terminator. Like, you know what? He can just be a robot. That's fine. That, that makes sense. <laughs> he can't act. He could be a robot. And now he's a you know, multimillionaire. Yes. And former governor of California. Yes. But I digress. Let's get into chapter eight of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, but before we do that, let's do a quick recap of Chapter 7, which was the Boggart in the Wardrobe. In Chapter 7, we had Dada class with Professor Lupin, and of course, whenever you have class, you take your class to the Teacher's Lounge. Yeah. Naturally. Why, why not? I mean... So, a Boggart, Jessica, I don't know if you knew this, but it pre presents itself as your greatest fear. I seem to recall that. So, what would your Boggart present itself as? Ooh. I don't know. That should have been our question at the the panel we did. Yeah, I don't know either. I have a lot of things that I'm scared of, but I don't really have like one thing. Yeah. Like a snake, I wouldn't like. Like I, I wouldn't like it to be a spider. I wouldn't like it to be a high place, <laughs> just like a big tall building. <laughs> See, I I'd love for it to be a big tall building. I'd Edge love of a to cliff. Be up there, yeah. Um, probably it's gonna get dark here. Probably somebody hurting one of my dogs. Wow. Yeah, that is dark. Yeah. So you just put them on roller skates. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous! And then, and then they fall down and my dog gets to and run your away. Dog, and your dog eats them. <laughs> no. Mine might be a stingray now after I've gotten stung by one. I, don't, I wouldn't like that. Yeah. A stingray yeah, on pretty, roller skates. Pretty rough. Uh, so the bogger pre presents itself as your greatest fear. Of course, Snape is Neville's greatest fear. And you, Naturally. and you used the ridiculous spell to make your fear less intimidating. So we got Snape in a uh, lady's dress with a handbag. Yeah, and, and a, a funny hat. Nice little hat. Just as, like Neville's grandma. And Harry doesn't get to do the spell. He's the only one besides Hermione who doesn't get to do it. And we know that Lupin stopped him for some reason. We don't know why yet, but I think we're going to find out in this chapter. Good guess. So, Chapter 8, Flight of the Fat Lady. It's not a very nice title. I've heard of, and I love how Dumbledore even, we have to find, find the, the fat, fat lady. lady. I was like, wait a minute. Like, you don't know her name, Albus. Yeah, I mean, how it's long like you, one thing when the kids how long you've been do running it, the when, school? when he said it too, I was like, wait a minute. We have to locate the obese woman. Nope, just fat lady, find yeah. her. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second, but at the uh, beginning of Chapter 8, Dada class is now everyone's favorite class. Yeah. It used to be pretty much the most incompetent class that we had yeah. at the school because all of the professors had some connection to the, the Dark Lord. Well, a lot of the ladies liked it last year. 
Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I guess uh, our uh, professor last year did not have any kind of connection to the Dark Lord. He was just a terrible wizard. <laughs> <laughs> terrible person. Uh, but very handsome, though. Strikingly yes. handsome. But Dada class with the, with Professor Lupin in charge is really everybody's favorite class now, right? Yeah. Everybody's enjoying it. They're learning a lot. They're Imagine learning a lot that. of fun things. Not, yeah, fun things, interesting things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they learned about like some kind of like blood beetle or something like that. That the uh, red cap. Yeah. The red, yeah, it's like a little gremlin thing. And it uh, it goes to places where there's been blood. Shed. Blood is blood is shed. So that mm-hmm. like said like uh, battlefields and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and the dungeons. And, and dungeons. <laughs> the dungeons at Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, a good picture for but your I just school. thought I, I thought that was interesting because they said like battlefields so that means they're out in like the muggle world mm-hmm. running around how and, and they said they wait for people to like to eat them or beat and then they said that's bludgeon them bludgeon the like the losers of the fight. Wow. like I guess they're like killing the people who are dying on the battlefield? So, muggles have, have had interactions with these then, right? I guess, and they just don't know it. Maybe they have some kind of like cloaking... Or maybe it's like those stories... Or they show up at night after everybody's gone, and then You know, they you just... hear stories of people like having like UFO encounters and stuff like that, and nobody believes them. Yes. Because they're so random and few and far between, but... You know, there's there has to have been muggles through the years oh, yeah. who have told stories of... You know, seeing gremlins on the battlefield, and they'd be like, "No, no." You're you know just, what, though, that would you're make just a... in, shell, in fear, shell shock from the yeah, battle, yeah. which it totally makes sense. You know what, though, that would make a good Twilight Zone episode, and so they write it into because there was a Twilight Zone episode where there was like a gremlin on the wing of an airplane, I think. Um, so I, you know, there's things like that that I think Muggles would have had to have. Ex- you know, experience that, and those stories get told, and maybe actually get written into books. You know, like uh, maybe R.L. Stein heard about a, <laughs> you know, about a uh, what was it called? A ventriloquist dummy? No, maybe, <laughs> no. What's the what are the blood things? The blood gremlins called? Red caps. Red caps. Maybe R.L. Stein overheard about it, and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna you know change that around and turn it into one of my books." I just thought that was interesting because if they're 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 out in the muggle world you know and you wouldn't think that you know wizards are supposed to disguise they're not supposed to use magic in front of muggles yes. but a gremlin doesn't have any kind of limitation <laughs> yeah thing holding Rules them back to... from from doing that what's what's stopping some gremlin from just like you know going into uh, you know a, a public place where there's been a you know a bad accident or something like that and, being exposed well they're probably like a lot of wild animals where they for the most part avoid Mm -hmm. humans but yeah when there's a battlefield where mostly everyone's dead or or dying they're gonna show up probably you know in the middle of the night and do their thing i am not overly familiar but more familiar with the red caps because there's one in the hogwarts mysteries game that I play. Mm, I had to okay. battle a... I had to go into the den of a red cap. Sorry for the spoilers. That's the mobile game yeah. that you play? Okay. Uh, well, Potions class still stinks. Yeah, and, even more so. And Snape is in a particularly b- bad mood because I guess the story got around that 
the form of the Boggart for Neville was Snape, and everybody got to see what Snape would look like in a dress and a foofy hat and a handbag. So he's in yeah, a particularly bad mood. Very bad mood. Uh, divination class with Professor uh, Trelawney is still is increasingly awkward. For Harry, at least. Yeah. Uh, Trelawney just cries every time she sees <laughs> Harry because she saw this horrible future for him, the yeah. death omen or whatever. And a couple of the girls have taken to, like, flocking let's, to... Yeah, so let's talk about that. It was Lavender Brown and uh, Parvart, Parvati Patil? Yeah. Parvati? Is that how you say it? I don't know. Parvati Parvati Parvati, Parvati Patil? So we'll have an intern look it up. Kelly! Uh, they've been hanging around Trelawney's class like during lunch and stuff and like getting like some extra like you know work in and, mm-hmm. and si- seeing some some fortunes they, and they're acting like they know everything that's gonna happen and they're talking to Harry in very whispered tones mm-hmm. yeah so they uh, they've kind of been uh, attached to uh, divination a little bit uh, care of magical creatures class is pretty boring now yeah. After the unfortunate incident that we had the first week with the hippogriffs, uh, pretty awesome for Harry to get a chance to, to ride one. Pretty unfortunate for uh, Malfoy to get his arm ripped open because he didn't follow the rules. Yes, and now Hag- the rules. So Hagrid's a little, like, gun-shy now, right? He's, he's worried about doing anything too cool because he's kind of worried about his job. Is that what we're supposed yeah, to take out of that? I don't know if he was specifically told, hey, you're going to have to dial it back, maybe. But, you know, you really should start with something a little less... <laughs> Flobberworms only. Yeah, a little less impressive. Yeah. So, flobberworms. So we were... We've been playing the, the Wizards Unite game, which yeah. is like the Pokemon Go. And I don't even bother. Versions of. It's like Flowerworm, nope, not wasting Harry my time. And I was uh, help. I was showing my niece it the other night how to play it, and she said, "What is that?" I said, uh, "Let's click on it." We clicked on it. Said it was a Flowerworm, and it's it said that it was you know like the most basic of creatures, and it even said. Many have used the term "boring" to describe <laughs> the flowerworm. That's what it said on the on the game. So, uh, flowerworms it is for uh, care of magical creatures. Class and not just one class, right? They were saying they've, that's all they've talked yeah, about. They've been shoving like lettuce, lettuce down flower the, the slimy gullet of the flowerworms. Uh, but good news is Quidditch season is coming soon. Woo-hoo. And Captain Oliver Wood, this is his seventh year, so he's really emotional about this being his last chance he has to capture a Quidditch cup. Yeah, this speech is great because he keeps saying, this is our last chance. I mean, my last chance. We'll never be able to see our names on the trophy if we don't get it this year. We have to. We have to. And mm-hmm. But everybody else is like, yeah, we, we got more shots at this. You're the only one. Well, he's kind of had, he kind of mentioned it in his speech. They've had some unfortunate luck over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like we had uh, the one year where Harry got hurt. hurt and and then we the had, it was canceled last, last year. So it's been, you know, they've had some, they've had really good teams. They've had really good teams. They've, they've got the best um, seeker, Yeah, you know, in Maybe ever. The best beaters. Yeah, you know, the Weasley boys. Yeah. And, you know, Oliver's going through the roster basically saying, we've got the best this and the best, you know, uh, chasers. And and he goes, and, and, and I'm okay too. 
And like, you're you're a splendid keeper. Cracking. A cracking. You're a cracking keeper. <laughs> mine said cracking. Yeah, I believe mine said cracking, too. So, you know, Oliver's kind of down, but he's also optimistic, and but he also knows this is it's kind of do or die time yeah. if he wants to get up. He's just like super serious and intense about it. Sure. Which he has been in the past as well, but yeah, he's he's kind of emotional about it too. You know, this is his last chance, so hopefully, tragedy doesn't strike again for the third year, and Gryffindor can finally get their name on that. Quidditch Cup. Because apparently it's been like seven years. Yeah. You know, Oliver in, in, in Oliver's time at Hogwarts, he's never seen a, a Gryffindor team uh, win, much less be a part of a, a Which Gryffindor Which is team. odd because, you know, you kind of characterize them as the jocks. Mm-hmm. And why couldn't they pull it out at some point during the seven years? I'll tell you what, those Hufflepuffs are pretty good. Oh. Pretty good. Are they? <laughs> pretty, pretty, I don't know if they are or not, but they have a lot of fun. We still need fun. to watch Puffs. Uh, Quidditch is really all Harry's got right now since the rest of the third years and, and older are buzzing about their first trip to Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade. And Hogsmeade just, if I get this right, it's kind of like the little village down the hill. Down the hill. From Hogwarts. So I wanted to ask you, which shop at Hogsmeade would you most be interested in? I've got a few uh, here that I'll throw out to you and you can think about it. Uh, Dervish and Bangs, is that how you say it? Dervish and Bangs? Maybe. B-A-N-G-E-S? I did, totally forgot about that one until I just read it. Uh, so that's like a magical equipment? equipment yeah. So like, like what? I, cauldrons. Okay. Scales. Mortar and pestle. I don't know. <laughs> astronomy things. Okay. That they need for astronomy class. Gotcha. Uh, Honeyduke Sweet Shop. It's like a candy, sh- candy, candy shop. Candy shop. Uh, three Broomsticks is like a pub, but mm-hmm. you can I guess you can also get non-alcoholic beverages there, since some of these kids are like 13 years old. Well, I mean, I think it's a restaurant, or not let it go. I don't know, maybe they don't, I'm thinking of Orlando, where mm-hmm. it's a restaurant, mm-hmm. but I guess they don't really mention them eating, they just sit around and drink butterbeer. Gotcha. Uh, we've got Zonko's Joke Shop. Which I guess is exactly what it sounds. They've got like pranks and things like that. Um, the the gum that you know snaps your finger when you reach for a piece of it, and fake poop and stuff like that. Stick and then pellets. And then there's the Shrieking Shack. And I had to look up what the Shrieking Shack was. Apparently, it's just like an abandoned building. Yeah, I don't think it's it's. In Hogsmeade, it's like just outside of Hogsmeade. It's a little separate. But Percy says later on, like on your way to or from Hogsmeade. Percy says later on that the Shrieking Shack is always worth a visit. Always. But what is? It's just an abandoned building. It's haunted or something. Okay, that's weird. Well, we'll learn more about it later. Okay, Uh, where would you want to go? Um, probably just the three broomsticks. Maybe the joke shop, but. There'd be some things to see in there. I know where, where our friend Kelly wants to go. Where does she, she want to go? want to get them sweets. Sweets. Honeydew Honey sweet shop. I'm surprised you wouldn't go, because I've seen you eat candy for dinner before. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess because when we went to the one in Orlando, I was a little underwhelmed hmm. by the Honeydukes in huh. Orlando. But it also just might have been because you couldn't actually move inside of it because very, it was so crowded. Not a very positive Yelp review from yeah. jrhino94 at AOL.com. It's a magical place, but 
I was not fond of Honey Dukes. In did, you hear, did you hear the, sorry to interrupt, but did you hear the new Hagrid ride at Universal Orlando? Um, just open, if, you know, this, we're recording this in July of 2019. People are waiting like six hours to ride it. That's ridiculous. That's insane! How, how can it possibly take that long? I don't know. I don't know. How? Where do you put six hours worth of people? I don't know. Like, do they just weave through the park? Does it, like, get full and they say, sorry, come back in three hours? I don't know. Because they, 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 they used to have, like, a thing where you could, like, sign up for, like, a, a time, like, a 15-minute window to ride. I thought I remember something like that. You could get, like, an app on the app or something like I that. I don't know. We never needed it. We never, we, the, like, the first time we went, we stood in line for a pretty long time for the Hogwarts. I want to say it was, it was maybe an adventure. hour. But after that, we, we never waited for more than an hour. We started for anything. doing yeah. the single rider line, mm -hmm. and you get through quick. Yeah. We never waited more than an hour for anything. But you have to do it once to go sure. through, because you don't. When you do the single rider, you miss a lot of the mm -hmm. story stuff leading into it. Sure. Uh, speaking of everywhere, I go everywhere. Speaking of Hogsmeade, though, Harry does not have permission. No. To go to Hogsmeade, you need permission from your parent or guardian. And Harry didn't get that because he busted out of the Dursleys in spectacular fashion. <laughs> he ran at, away from home. At the beginning of the book. He ran away at at one point. <laughs> Don't make any sudden moves. Don't make moves. any sudden moves. If you could sign this permission slip for me, that'd be great. <laughs> but yeah. he didn't get nope. it signed. Nope, that didn't work out for him. Uh, he tries to get McGonagall to sign off on his permission slip, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But before we get to that, there's some drama between Crookshanks and Scabbers once again. And Ron and Hermione. Yeah, so talk about what happened there. So Crookshanks, they're all sitting around doing their homework, and Crookshanks shows up with a dead spider, mm -hmm. of course. And Ron says, keep him over there, because Scabbers is resting in my bag. And so then, of course, Crookshanks finishes off his spider and then goes after the bag and Scabbers. Mm -hmm. And apparently it's just like a whole thing. Scabbers latches on and Ron's twirling it around and Hermione's screaming, don't hurt him. And for like Fred and Oliver, I think, are Fred and George kind of get into it too. I think They're Fred trying like, to help yeah. get him off. And finally Scabbers gets out and runs under a dresser or something. And Crookshanks runs over and tries to get him, but can't get under the furniture to get to him. Now, Hermione kind of just... But Ron puts, could. Her, well, <laughs> I don't understand. Hermione kind of just puts this off as, you know, cats chasing Being mice. Cats. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, cats chasing my, mice and rats. But, I mean, Crookshanks really has it out for that rat. I mean, quite, quite a bit. Well, he's eluded him. Yeah. I mean, it's like the one that got away. Mm. Maybe. And, well, Ron's really upset because he says that... Sca Sca we know Scabbers has been sick for a while. Oh, well, yeah. he's getting up there. Like he's the, been sick ever since they went the to... The rat guy said that he shouldn't have lived this long. And he's and Ron's like, he's skin and bones. And he's ill. And mm -hmm. Well, he, so something's up with he's Scabbers. been ill ever since they went to, like, Egypt or something, right? Didn't they? I with one so. of the Weasley boys, they met him in Egypt. And they said Scabbers has been sick ever since then. And they tried to take him to the... To the shop in uh, Diagon Alley to get some medicine yeah, for him. Yeah, tonic. Yeah, so it's been it's been going on for a while. So probably something we need to keep our eye on for the future. 
but that, like you said, that does cause, cause some drama between Ron and Hermione. And uh, we go to, I guess it's uh, Transfiguration class, Professor McGonagall's class. Before we can get in, though, and before Harry has a chance to ask McGonagall about signing off on his permission slip, Lavender Brown, the aforementioned hmm. Lavender Brown, has an unfortunate death in the family. Yeah, outside of class, she's crying and crying. Everybody's trying to console her, and Hermione and the boys kind of come up late and like, what's going on? What's going on? Well, Lavender Brown's rabbit or bunny, baby bunny, baby yeah. bunny was Blinky. <laughs> was killed by a fox. Now, how does this relate to Trelawney's prediction it's that she made several weeks ago? The 16th of October. And she was told that on the sixth, the thing that she was dreading would happen mm-hmm. on the sixteenth of October. Now, Lavender Good. interprets this as something bad is going to happen on the sixteenth of October. Mm-hmm. However, Hermione, ever the intellectual, <laughs> yeah, says, "Now hold on a second. Let's think about this logically." Was your because you know we've we've had old dogs before. Mm-hmm. And when we think about old dogs, you know, I have nightmares all the time about, you know, the day that they're no longer going to be with us. And I dread that. Yes. However. But because they're yeah. advanced in age. Apparently, we find out that Blinky was just a baby. baby. So Hermione ascertains that how could you have been dreading this if, if the bunny was a baby? How could you have been dreading them dying? And... Trelawney said that that thing you dread was going to happen on October 16th. You just found out on October 16th. That means it happened before October 16th. So so everybody else is trying to comfort Lavender Brown. And Hermione, in her own way, I think, is trying to add some logic to the situation. Mm-hmm. Hermione's very down on the, the divination, yes. I think, because, you know, I just... Yeah, I think she wants to, you know, support Harry, and I think that, you know, being the intellectual, I I think she questions things more. And Trelawney said the very first day that this wasn't something she could learn by reading a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) If it's not something Hermione can learn by reading a book... What's the point, then? She's not as into it. But, um, yeah... we don't really get to hear the end of that conversation because Ron kind of cuts it off and says, Oh, Lavender, it's all right. Hermione just doesn't care about other people's pets. And then McGonagall walks out and invites them into class. I just thought that was interesting that we've got Hermione kind of poking holes in the whole divination thing. Mm-hmm. You know, not that she's... There, there's certain people, I think of like like Sheldon on the Big Bang Theory, he misses social cues a lot because he is very analytical about everything. Mm-hmm. Hermione is not to that extent. No. But, but same some, kind of thing. Yeah, sometimes she does kind of miss the social cues a little bit. It's not like that she's emotionless. She obviously cares about her friends and her, her pets and her She's just more, like... She sees the trail of logic and she jumps on it. She wants to follow it. Right. And she does that before she yeah. thinks about right. Lavender's feelings. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was interesting here. This isn't the only time it's mentioned. Uh, they have to queue up before class. Oh. And it's later down the road, some other things happen too when they're 
queued up before class. And I just thought that was interesting because that's a, like a cultural difference here, I mm -hmm. guess. We don't, you know, even in like high school where you switch classes throughout yeah. the day, you just, go, you just go in. You don't have to wait out in the hallway until the teacher invites you in, until the teacher's ready for you. You just go in. We do that in elementary school, though, when they switch classes. They, they wait outside whatever class they're going to. Yeah, but that's a little different because the other class is still... They're kind of because everybody's still coming. There's not a, that gap like uh -huh. in high school. The bell rings and you have whatever it is three and a half minutes to get to your next class. Uh -huh. When we switch in elementary school, it's just like oh, it's three o'clock. Everybody needs to switch. You get up and you go line up outside the other door. Since the other kids are still coming out, you can't be going in. Sure. So Harry tries to after class tries to convince McGonagall to sign off on his permission slip to Hogsmeade. She doesn't do it. Of so course not. Why would she do it? Rules are rules. I'm not your parent and I'm not your guardian. <laughs> and no matter how much I like you, I can't, I'm not going to, you know, I've bent other rules for you. I put you on the, the Quidditch team before you were supposed to be, but. But that's Quidditch. She really likes Quidditch. She really wants to win. <laughs> and she's not going to agree to this because she's in on the whole, he can't leave the school sure. because of serious black thing. Sure. Like, Harry, this was a dumb Dumb decision. I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt to ask, yeah, but hurt to ask. you knew what was going to happen. So the rest of the crew's off to Hogsmeade, and Harry finds himself wandering the halls. He uh, happens upon Professor Lupin's office, and what's going on in there? Uh, they've got a new a new creature to study, mm -hmm. and so Lupin invites him in. Hey, come on in, see what my latest delivery is, and let's have some tea and chit chat. Mm -hmm. So. Not that it really makes Harry feel any better that now he's hanging out with the teachers. But he's got he's got the new creature in like a like a water jar or something like that. Yeah, right? in like an aquarium. Yeah, and it's like making fists at people and <laughs> making faces, like getting real and, angry and yeah, yeah. So that's going to be our next uh, Dada class, I guess. Instruction, uh, and Lupin even kind of goes, kind of walks Harry through the you know steps. This is what you have to do. This is how you take care. of This is. You know, how you, how you take care yeah, of them. Yeah, it's like, like a little pre-lesson. Yeah. So I think I thought that was kind of cool. But we also get the explanation of why Lupin didn't allow Harry to battle the bogger. Yes. Because I was kind of... Uh, Harry, at least, was kind of... He didn't want to say anything. He kind of said, nothing's bothering me. Well, you know what? Something is bothering something me. Something is. Not what, you're, not what you were asking about, yeah. but something else. You didn't let me battle the bogger. And everybody else got to, except for Hermione. But everybody else got to... Yeah. And why didn't you let me do it? Now, Harry's not expecting that he's going to get a straight answer, but he does. To his, to his surprise, he does get a straight answer. And what was that? He said that he, he didn't let him do it because he was worried that Harry's greatest fear was Lord Voldemort, mm -hmm. which he actually says the name, which mm -hmm. freaks Harry out. He's like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. Nobody, nobody yeah, says Yeah, hardly anybody his name. ever does that. And um, he said, I didn't think it would be a good idea for the bogger to take... Or Voldemort's form mm -hmm. in school. I mean, I could see that because, you know, kids are going to be freaked out by a big spider. Kids are going to be freaked out by, you know, Snape, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but we're talking about, like, the, the Dark Lord who people won't even say his name, much less if they saw him. Well, and two, you have to figure Harry's generation has not seen him. Mm -hmm. So that's just giving them like a whole another face. I mean, they're afraid yeah. of the name, yeah. but then to give them a visual, yeah, Think to about the go nightmares. along with it, yeah. yeah. 
That would be down. bad. So that's that was actually probably a, a pretty good pretty good move, and I actually kind of appreciated the the explanation that he thought there. about it, and he and then you know he said Harry admitted, well yeah I thought about Voldemort as the first mm-hmm. thing, but then uh, I remember that Dementor, and that was pretty darn scary. Mm-hmm. So they had that 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 conversations in the movies. Okay. Too. Uh, well, Snape shows up with some cup of nasty juice that he brewed for <laughs> for Lupin. The smoking goblet. And he, he comes in and he sees Harry there and he's kind of, uh, Snape's kind of taken back by the fact that Potter is there. But Snape actually seems like he's doing something helpful for Lupin. And Lupin is very thankful for Snape being the great potion brewer that he is because it seemed like there's very few people that could cook up this concoction for him and Snape says he's got a whole cauldron of it if he needs it. Yeah, they're they're very um nice and cordial without at least on Snape's part being nice and cordial. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not yeah, we've seen Snape be uh di- you know disrespectful of of other even Dada teachers, you know, mm-hmm. other uh, teachers that we've had the last few years just because he sees them as as lesser than but you know, even though Lupin wears like the tattered robes and things like that, we know that the kids already know that he's legit. And I think the other professors realize that he's legit as well. And I think they have, you know, Snape probably has a little bit, not going to be buddies with him, but, you know, not going to go out and have a butterbeer together, but yeah, they're, they're at least, you know, cordial with one another. So I think with something we probably need to keep an eye on, whatever... Lupin just says he's kind of feeling under the weather. He's not feeling himself lately, yeah. and this is the only thing that makes off him color. off color. The only thing that makes him feel better. So you probably need to kind of keep an eye on whatever we're brewing up here, right? Yes. Okay, I'll say no he's, more. He's he's been doing better. We've uh, you know we have noted that he has been looking better. Gotcha. So maybe this is what's keeping him looking healthier. So the trio is. Oh, not not even the trio. I guess it's uh, Ron and Hermione are back from Hogsmeade with lots of sweets. They just dump it all in for his Harry. Lap. Hopefully, that'll make him feel a little better for not being able to go. But they eat a lot of sweets before dinner time, Jess, and I don't think you're supposed to do that until you've had your dinner first. Had, first of all, you're talking to the person who had candy for dinner, uh-huh. but who did not say she wanted to go to the sweet shop. So I like I don't even know you. Sixteen years of marriage. Who are you? Probably because I already have all the sweets. I don't need to go and get more. Oh, because your husband's so sweet. Oh, yeah. He gives me sweets all the time. Mm. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, we're talking about the oh, fact that they ate a bunch seen, of candy before dinner. Have you seen their feasts? They have all kinds of sweets at their feast anyway. And they even had second helpings at the feast, too. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, That's little okay. tiny Hermione. and Magic takes a lot out of the pro somebody. It's like going swimming all day. I guess. When you go swimming all day, you eat Michael a lot Phelps of food. eats like ten thousand calories a day. Yeah, I, so like, that just same to, thing with wizards. <laughs> like just to 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 not lose weight. So I okay, all right. Well, the the kids after hearing the story about the potion that Snape brings into Lupin, they're convinced that Snape is poisoning Lupin to get his Defense Against the Dark Arts job. Yeah, Harry even said something to Lupin while he was drinking yeah. his potion. He's like, He'd what do, do you do anything to get your job? You're gonna drink that? Yeah. Lupin just, oh, it's well, time this, to get back to work. This is even more confirmed because Snape keeps like keeping a weird eye on Lupin during the feast. <laughs> like, 
Is he dying from my poison yet? Is it working yet? Is it working yet? How's he doing down there? But that's something we need. That is something that is. I don't think it's for the reasons what the kids are thinking. But something. But there's there is a reason why Snape is keeping a close eye on Lupin, and I think that is a little plant that seed for later on down the line. But uh, we get to the end of the chapter here, and the namesake of our chapter, we talked about the flight of the fat lady, and we haven't even talked about the fat lady no. yet. No, we, we ran into her once. Yeah, just like normal getting into the Gryffindor common room yes. thing. But the namesake of our chapter is at the end, when the Gryffindors attempt to access the common room after the feast via the painting of the fat lady. They cannot get in. And why not? It's shredded, and she's gone. Painting shredded. Ran away. And she is gone. Well, luckily, Peeves was there. Peeves is on the case. And he knows what's going on because Dumbledore shows up, and because this is a serious situation. Yes. The fat lady is gone. <laughs> I always go into Sean Connery whenever I. I think Sean Connery would make a good Dumbledore. Hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, don't, I think he would. But Peeves shows up and claims that he knows what happened to the painting. And he knows that the fat lady is so... Has fled. Yeah, she's hiding in, in the trees of another painting. In shame. Some, in somewhere. Uh, Peeves says that it was Sirius Black. With a bad temper. Sirius Black. That means Sirius Black was at Hogwarts. He Sirius said, Black was trying to get into the Gryffindor common room. Fat lady wouldn't let him in. Assuming assumingly to, to go after Harry, which is what everybody is thinking. And scary times are seem seemingly ahead at Hogwarts as we get to the end of chapter eight. Here. Yep, this is a big deal. This isn't supposed to be possible because mm -hmm. that's why the Dementors are there. Supposed to be the safest place mm -hmm. for him, for Harry. But if Peeves is correct, if Peeves is telling the truth, which we don't know for sure because it's Peeves. I don't think he'd lie to Dumbledore. He. He does get a little. We we got crazy. I'm crazy, Peeves, and then Dumbledore here. Uh, hi, Mr. Uh, Mr. Professor uh, Head. P Professor Head Master Sir, you yes. know. But he is also upside down talking yeah, between he's, his legs. Well, he's still, but he's he's still being insane. polite about it. He's still insane. Yeah. However, he is, uh, Peeves, that is, is st st very respectful of, as, as respectful as Peeves could get. Yes. You know, while he's upside down looking through his legs. <laughs> but uh, bad things ha happening. The escaped uh, convict, the only person who's ever escaped Azkaban, the aforementioned prisoner of Azkaban, Sirius Black, is apparently closer than we thought, and Chapter 8 comes to an end. Uh, anything you want to add here at the end of the show? Um, it's been a while. Okay, so since we've started this journey of podcasting and reading the books, I have not watched the movies because I want to watch them, you know, when we finish the books. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while since I have seen this one. Um, even when they're on TV, I'm just like, nope, can't watch this. Mm -hmm. And they're always on they're TV. They're always on TV somewhere, one of them. Um, so, like, I know that, like, the conversation with Lupin is in there. I don't know about the Crookshank Scabber stuff, if that's in there as much. It's probably hinted at, but I don't think we get to, like, we actually spend time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course the fat lady's portrait gets slashed, but I think this is really, this chapter is really, 
cut down in the movie. It does set up a lot of things, though. Mm-hmm. You know, we we it, it sets up the whatever's going on between Snape and Lupin. It um, you know gives us more information about what happened with the Boggart. We get you know our first ex- we get our first Hogsmeade experience. Uh, we're setting up Quidditch for the year. Mm-hmm. We've we've got you know Hermione poking holes in divination, yeah. a, as as a in you know, this, as a magical art. This chapter, as you're reading, you're like oh, we're just kind of go to this class, go to that class, go mm-hmm. to this class, do this, do this. It's like not a lot is happening, but a lot is happening. Yeah, we're planting a lot we of just, seeds for for stuff. Yeah, later it's a on. lot of little mm-hmm. kernels of information. Yes, she talks about going to herbology class, which we didn't even talk about, mm-hmm. but. The point of that was Harry had to work on a project with Ron and Hermione, and they still weren't talking mm-hmm. after the Crookshank Scabbers incident. And oh, the, so, I mean, even the Crookshank Scabbers thing is planting seeds for mm-hmm. for later on too. There's you know, a lot going why on. Why is Crookshank so obsessed with Scabbers? Why is you know Scabbers you know so ill? You know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So you know, like like you said, it you don't think there's a lot going on, but there's a lot. On the surface, on. you feel like this was like a filler chapter mm-hmm. where you're just getting passing some time to get to the events of Halloween. Right. Like when we have a shopping chapter. Yes. Like sometimes we have a chapter where they just go shopping. Yes. <laughs> shopping. But that's not the case here. It's, it's really you're planting a bunch of little seeds. Sure. Uh, anything else? Or are you ready to wrap it up? I'm ready to wrap it up, I think, unless you want to talk about our panel, our highly successful... Well, we did uh, we did St. Louis Comic Con again for the second straight year. Uh, we had our hair. We did, so last I year was a was a twentieth anniversary uh, panel we did last year. This year was just a Harry Potter fan panel, and we got to meet a lot of new people that came out to St. Louis mm-hmm. Comic Con. We got new to, subscribers. We got a, a lot of new subscribers to the show and a lot of new listeners to the show. So we wanted to say thank you to everybody for uh, coming out. Uh, a special thank you to Andrew, who we got to, uh, who came by the table, and I told you uh, when you had already left. It was uh, just yeah. very, very kind. Had very kind things to say about uh, us, uh, our, about our presentation, and uh, our buddy Mike Bono was up there with us talking some Harry Potter stuff, and we had a lot of fun with the panel. Got to uh, talk a lot of, uh, uh, got to answer a lot of your email questions. Uh, on the panel so anybody that emailed I emailed you back and let you know that we you know answered it at the panel and uh, so even though we didn't do it on the air I made sure that you you know got your your credit you know for it and we had uh, just had a really good time and so thank you everybody that came out we had a nice crowd a lot of people came up to the table afterwards and talked to us and uh, hopefully we can do it again next year yes that would be fun. It'll be third year in a row. Yeah, next year the plan is to make it even more interactive. Maybe even bring some technology, some magic, if you will, into the presentation and make it even more interactive for our mm-hmm. crowd. So thanks everybody that came out, St. Louis Comic Con. Thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. You can find Broomsticks and Butterbeer on any podcast platform, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, you can, uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, they have really easy reviewing systems, so you can leave us a five-star review. And uh, it makes it even better if you leave like an actual typed review, too, of what you like about the show. And uh, it helps us up our profile a little bit as we continue to grow 
every episode it seems like we're getting going. We had a big bump after St. Louis Comic Con. Yes. So uh, hopefully we can you know continue to make steady growth here and bringing this show to you as I read the Harry Potter books for the first time and just kind of guides me through it. But uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can also email us at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at broomsticksb, broomsticks the letter B, uh, no space in between them, and uh, like us on Facebook as well. I get notifications every couple of days that we've got a new a new like on Facebook. Cool. So uh, like I said, thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Until next time, I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you then. Bye.